That night I had a dream. I drifted off thinking about happiness, birth, and new life. Uh, chemical super freak, but I still need a gun. But now I was haunted by a vision of... Oh, oh, my personal favorite. Had their entrails cut out and burned. <laughs> he was horrible. We don't have time to meet his lawyer! A man with all the powers of hell at his command. Going to detain a flighter for enjoying his whiskey. Oh, is this in 3D? No, but your face is. You could turn the day into night. I'm a mall. I got a thing for worms. And laid the waste to everything in his path. Chrissy, over by the wall. Bring me the big knife. It was especially hard on little things. Bring me the big knife. I'm going to cut my throat. The helpless and the gentle creatures. Give me my wife. He let the scorched earth in his wake be foul on even the sweet desert breeze that whipped across his brow. It's like unbeatable. I didn't know where he came from or why. It's not exactly my ties and Yahtzee out here. I don't know if he would dream or vision. But I feared that I myself had unleashed him. You still like Italian? Welcome back to the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And I fucked up so badly with this movie selection. Yeah, Abby was like, I don't want to watch Trolls World Tour last night because we're going to watch G-Force in the morning and now she has G-Force regrets about having to watch G-Force. It was truly one of those things where it's like, oh, this is a fun troll, but I forgot that I also have to participate in this. Yeah, this isn't boys on film. It's true. Last night I watched Borat 2 and, and Spider-Man 3. Last night we watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which Abby had not seen. That's a good movie. Yeah, it was decent. I think overall it held up better than I thought. It wasn't as sort of Judd apatow as a lot of other films that he produced. Yeah, but it's also written by Jason Siegel, and Jason Siegel's just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, have you rewatched Muppets? Damn, that movie's still great. Yes, mm-hmm. that is very true. Uh, it is but- kind of sad that for the new Muppet show, they weren't just kind of like, Hey, Jason Siegel, do you want to showrun this? You can showrun this. Please showrun this. 100%. Especially now, it's like, what is he even really doing? First, like... They know they want to make one for Disney Plus. It's just like, just throw billions of dollars at him. And be like, yo, make make our make our movies and our shows. Throw like a tenth of what you have, uh, what uh, Warner Brothers has thrown at Zack Snyder to fix slash essentially remake no, Justice League. No, this conversation is not happening on this podcast because I truly do not give a shit and do not want to hear it. I want it to be worse, though, because I want those people to be upset because I hate them all. Oh, I feel like there's going to be, like, a conspiracy theory, though. Like, oh, yeah. Like, this is not the real Snyder Cut. Mah! We need the real oh, Snyder Cut. 100%. Or if anything's wrong, it's going to be because of studio meddling. And it's like, no, this is a boondoggle. But you said you didn't want to talk about this. We're going to... The only cut I ever want to see again is I want to see the... Bill Lord and the Miller cut of Han Solo. Yeah, that'd be much better. It would at least do something new, I'd hope. 
Actually, as of watching it last night too, I want the Raimi cut of Spider-Man Three. I want Venom gone. <laughs> you can yeah, tell, yeah. like I have not seen that movie since I saw it opening night in theaters. You can tell every time he was forced to do something he did not want to. <laughs> Mm. Studio hands and studio pies. It's like, oh, look at Thomas Hayden Church's character arc. Really well written. James Franco's arc, not flushed out enough because you had to force in other things, but still, that was a great arc from the previous two films. Oh, the Venom arc. This was bad. Thank you for reminding me of THC, the great treasure that is Thomas Hayden Church. And for those. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, he deserved way better. Well, and for those listeners who also listen to RPG Pals Club, thank you for getting to listen to this bit continued. Neither of my co-hosts listen to other shows that I do. It's great. They don't know Church another one. (laughs) Thomas Hayden Church is the Sandman in RPG Pals Club because Sam uh, needed to describe what the Sandman of the city looked like, and it went to Thomas Hayden Church. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Did you know that when I was really bored during quarantine, for $15, I now own official Sandman Sand. I'm truly not sure what Thomas Hayden Church looks like. Uh, I feel like he's very angular. You know the fiancé in the movie George at the Jungle. Oh, okay. It's that remixed a few times, but essentially that energy. <clears throat> Actually, you I know, think that there's gotta be something that obviously Thomas hit church in. <laughs> oh, old John Cena! <laughs> kind of. Yeah, he was in We Bought a Zoo. I feel like maybe you saw that. I didn't see that. That's yeah, funny. there we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he's, yeah. Yeah, he was the fiancé in George of the Jungle. The only person who returned for the sequel. Holy shit, he returned for the sequel. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I don't really remember him in the first one. That's why when you were saying remix that a few times, I was confused. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that if... It, I forgot if it was actually him or not because the Thomas Hayden Church conversation in RPG Pals Club was like two months ago. I see. Mm-hmm. So what I'm expecting out of G-Force, which is the film we're watching today, is the movie Cats and Dogs, but like worse somehow. Did you see Cats and Dogs? I did see Cats and Dogs. Everyone saw Cats and Dogs, Luke. Cats and Dogs was a movie I saw when I believe I was about 10 and, like, have a distinct memory of thinking, oh, this is a bad one. Gosh, I still enjoyed it. Please keep in mind that I was a child who loved fucking Master of Disguise and the live-action Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. Uh, First off, Master of Disguise is a cinematic treasure. I have not seen it since it came out, but I still stand by that. And I enjoyed Rocky and Bullwinkle. Also have not seen some theaters. Yeah. I specifically remember my mom had gone out of town for something, so my dad was like, I don't know what to really do with y'all kids, so let's go see some movies. I think my brother might have also been at scout camp, and so we saw 
Cats and Dogs, and I remember it specifically because I was like, oh, this must be a really new film because there's not, like, all of the film degradation that you get or that you used to get on actual, like, films. Ah. Cats and Dogs was a good movie. The movie for me, though, I really taught you that movies could be bad was Van Helsing. I also saw that with my dad, and I had a great time because it was a dumbass movie with a bunch of things that I enjoyed at the time, aka, like, uh, classic horror monsters, and then my youth group was like, hey, what should we go and watch? And I was like, Van Helsing is a fun movie, and they didn't enjoy it. And then in my uh, advanced English presentation class at the end of the year, uh, you had that uh, at Bexley as well, I think, for sophomore year? I wasn't in or advanced no, English. Oh, no. Nope. I was in normal boys English. Yeah, it was... I took it... I took advanced English freshman year and then did so poorly because I was not actively working on studying or anything that I got knocked down to normal English the next year and then it was just, oh, hey, here's half of what you covered last year in freshman English. But we also went and used clips from Van Helsing for our presentation, but then we accidentally saved over those clips that we had used. What a long and pointless tangent. <laughs> that was three different relationships that I've had with the movie Van Helsing. It also falls into the other things I was doing last night, which is watching the classic horror film, Horror of Dracula. The Hammer Horror of Dracula? Yeah. Christopher I... Lee is Dracula, and Peter Cushing is Dr. Van Helsing. Wait, okay, I need to guess which one of these I think is Nick Cage. I think Nick Cage is the brown one with the white tummy. We're looking at Oh, that's a great question. Disney Plus Yes. The Disney Plus <laughs> image for G-Force. G-Force hamsters. They're guinea pigs. Whatever. They That's... could be gerbils. They don't have long tails, Abby. Gerbils do not have long tails. Yes, they do. Or Hamsters don't have long tails. Do... You're talking about the one with the... Well, I guess they all have guns. <laughs> yes, talking... gerbils have tails. That's the biggest difference between a hamster and a gerbil. The one on the far right. With the yellow glasses on. The one in the foreground. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure, because I think that's the lead one, and I think Sam Rockwell's the lead one. Oh. Yeah. I think he's more of the black one with the white face. Face. Mm -hmm. And then the one that's doing the hang loose is Zach Galifianakis, I'm assuming? Yeah, that makes sense. Ooh. Yes, yeah, because so I, I know Sam Rockwell's the lead gerbil. See, I, would, I was guessing that one was Cage purely because it has a very Cage-like crazy smirk. That's so fair. But that's also oh, just children's movies, Crazy Smirk. That's uh -huh. fair. Yeah, that's some uh, DreamWorks smile. Yeah. That is a Disney film, Luke. Yeah, but DreamWorks was not the only one to use the smile. That's fair. I was going to play the tie-in video game to... Uh, Prep yourself? Hype. Yeah, then I found out everyone returned to do their own voice except for Cage. <laughs> 
I believe we had talked about that the last episode that we recorded because you brought up that same anecdote. I think I did that in, in Multiversal Q. Possibly. Jeff, you're the only person who listens to all these besides me. Uh, let us know. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. And this is the Jeff Request episode, too, so... Mm-hmm. Well, and at the end of this episode, we will also go into what our next four movies are Wait, going to be. Wait, did I not impose this movie on us? I thought I imposed this movie on us. No, Jeff imposed this movie on us. If I could blame Jeff, that's great. Fantastic. Improve or my correction, style. it was the fan choice, to which I assume was Jeff. No, I think this was Abby had initially suggested something else. Was this when I accidentally thought that Leaving Las Vegas was a rom-com? No, because I don't think that was... Listen, no, because, Abby picked, because Abby picked what's it called? Uh, the National Treasures. That is true. Oh, you initially suggested it, and then, because uh, this batch of four movies has been The Rock, National Treasure Book of Secrets, Ghost Rider... And then G-Force was uh, the last suggestion, because I suggested Ghost Rider. Devin suggested The Rock. You suggested National Treasure. I think we had t- joked about G-Force, and then we just decided that Abby's See, all I'm movie. hearing is this is not Abby's fault, and that is a great answer. And Luke also puts together the poll, so really, if anything, this is Luke's fault. So, it's- this movie stars Nick Cage and Sam Rockwell, and possibly Zach Galifianakis. I feel like that gerbil is also giving me, like, really 2009, um, what's-his-face. Which gerbil? The little tiny one. With the mohawk. Oh, the Zach Galifianakis, we're assuming one? Or it could be Jonah Hill. I would believe that that is a Jonah Hill gerbil. Guinea pig. Yeah. I feel like that one's gonna fuck some shit up by being a dum-dum. Probably. Uh, also, Abby, you get to be excited. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer-produced film. You love to see that lightning hit the tree. <laughs> Gonna get some scores that's like... Bum, bum, dun, 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 dun. I do kind of hate the fact that I think Jerry Bruckheimer is the, probably the producer I have seen the most of in my life, so now I can just very easily pick out Bruckheimer features. To be fair, he produces a lot of movies. He produces a shit ton of other shit, too. Including this year's highest grossing film, which will probably not be challenged, (laughs) Bad Boys 3. Christ. (sighs) Ah, life. It finds a way. Shortly... Behind that is uh, Sonic the Hedgehog for the two highest grossing films of the year. Yep. For in theater grossing or yep. just in general? Mm-hmm. In theater grossing. Yep. I believe Actually, that. no, actually, I think, it's, I think that counts DVD sales too, so, yes. Sonic was the top superhero movie of 2020. It took a literal act of God to stop the 10 year reign of Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> yeah, cowards. 
not quite sure if I would really count Sonic as a superhero movie, but yeah, I, I think without that, it goes to Harley Quinn and Birds. Of yeah, Earth, which is actively a very good movie. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Sonic. Did you see Sonic? Mm-hmm. We rented yeah. it, and we were kind of like, "Well, that's six bucks. We're not getting back." Oh, really? So all my yeah. friends, we all had fun. We contributed to that box office gross. We did. Yeah. We all made... Oh, like, we contributed to that theater box office gross. Yeah, the last box office gross that I contributed to was Bloodshot. Nice. Harley Quinn was the last one I contributed to. The last box office gross I contributed to was the Oscar animated shorts for 2019. Nice. Did we? No, I don't think we got to that this year because yeah, we normally we go. It was our anniversary. It was like the last time we were out in the world, essentially, because right. that was like three weeks before. Yep, and oh, and now oh, that that bed and breakfast is shut down, and yep. <sighs> okay, so this is another movie where Nick Page plays a law enforcement officer of some kind. A gap of some kind. <laughs> All G fours are bastards. So let's watch G fours. Yep, we'll see you after an hour and a half or so. It's on Disney Plus. Everyone's got that new Dis Plus with hit programs like The Mandalorian coming out next week. And paying $20 to see live-action Mulan that actively supports... $30. Yeah, come on, Luke, get oh. it together. And pay or you just wait another to month to watch it for free. Yeah. Or paying $30 to actively support Chinese oppression of minority groups within China. Yeah! G-Force! I am ready for some G-Force! Well, it was a movie that promised us that tonight's gonna be a good night. That's what happens when a five-year-old comes to his dad and says, I have a great idea for a movie. And instead of saying, no, my son, that is a dumb idea, they go ahead and make the movie. That's how the movie got made. I literally yeah, We've had a lot of movies like that. <clears throat> Remember Monster Trucks? I never actually saw Monster Trucks. I saw Monster Trucks. It was bad. I think this is the worst movie we have watched for the podcast so far. I would agree with that. It's amazing how of its time it was. The year the time being 2009. 
and how not only did it only get a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it also caused a massive wave of adoptions and then returns of guinea pigs as pets. Christ. Mm-hmm. Was that the other thing you said? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, That's lame. That's hurting the poor animals. Unlike when Avengers came out and shawarma sales went up 700%. Well, it wasn't just this movie, it was also Ratatouille came out around the same time, and Bolt. Which all had feature positions, but guinea pigs, being social animals, are ones where you're supposed to adopt two of them if you can't give them all of the uh, attention needed. So if any of you were like, oh, I want to go and adopt a guinea pig after listening to this podcast about the Disney film G-Force. Don't do that. Yeah. Unless you're going to adopt two. But even then. I'm just really mad Luke guessed the ending to this film. Yeah. There's a secret team of guinea pigs. Like, spot on, including the fucking line they would use. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like Luke's secretly seen this film before. He's not going to deny it, but that means Luke's lying. <laughs> I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Nicolas Cage plays a mole who is presumed dead and is presented as being very good at technology. We never see the name of Bill Nighy's business partner who apparently has, for the past several years, been putting chips that turn all of their household appliances into fucking... Transformers. From the hit movie Transformers. And who also notably blames humans for the death of his family. Yes, Devin, I think you're right. I think Luke has secretly seen this movie before and is just lying. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Also, I don't even get why was the FBI investigating Bill Nighy because he wanted, like, his appliances to talk to one another? I'm sorry, are you talking about, like, every fucking appliance pretty much that exists today? He was talking to a secret Chinese person. Yeah, I get that part, but it's just like Well that was the other thing. I wanted to if I wanted to buy the Amazon coffee maker, I could make it set coffee for me. But can it turn into a trance Yeah, no, it this movie But that wasn't Bill Nye's plan. He didn't plan yeah. for that. He but just we, wanted them to talk and it's just like but that's that's literally every appliance. But we didn't know that it was his plan. Also, Bill Nye had a secret partner who we never saw, and we didn't have any other viable suspects for who that secret partner would be. No, I... The FBI's involvement was so fucking random that it totally could have fucking been... Arnett? Yeah. I was thinking it was gonna be Arnett, because he just had a big old grudge against the guinea pigs for some really not explained reason. Yeah. But it wouldn't have made sense because he was never depicted as a tech guy. Would I believe that the FBI would work with a appliance company to put uh, secret recording information inside of everybody's houses? Yes. Do I think that the FBI uh, predecessor for Will Arnett is now going to use G-Force to actively oppress... Uh, agencies that the government is not in favor of in 2009? Yes. So, 
G-Force is about a group of supposedly super-power-enhanced, genetically modified three guinea pigs and a mole who, after their inaugural mission, which was unsanctioned by the FBI, get their funding rescinded by the FBI, but it wasn't really clear whether they were initially getting funding in the first place or whether they were just not going to get any funding. No, so, they, they were because uh, Will Arnett didn't want to be the guy who... I'm talking. Giving... So... Oh! <sighs> so then they go on a secret mission to stop Will Arnett not Will Arnett's character, Bill Nighy's character from taking over the planet using his cyber... I'm sorry, cluster storm? Cluster storm thing, which will ensure human destruction. And so the movie is about these three guinea pigs, eventually four guinea pigs, Stopping this evil plan to take over the planet slash destroy humanity. Yay. They got to a pet shop. The party got split in half because also Tracy Morgan plays a Tracy Jordan-esque character of a guinea pig in this who is in love with a Latina-coded guinea pig because this was 2009, and in U.S. theaters, you could only have those ethnic... Oh, no, there's, like, full-on weird-ass studio things where it's like, unless the movie is specifically about a white guy dating a black woman or vice versa, then that is the only acceptable mixed-race pairing. It's weird-ass racism stuff in movies. At some point, they get adopted by... Animal cruelty children. Yeah. So I was, like, expecting something. It's just like, oh, we're going to have, like, a weird thing where they get adopted and then we're going to feel sad when the guinea pigs eventually abandon them. Oh, no. It's good that they left. Animal (laughs) cruelty children. You basically have a boy who is Sid from Toy Story and a girl who does not understand what guinea pigs are and is probably killed... Or has permanently caused damage by applying multiple forms of makeup to her guinea pig? Oh, 100%. Also, she would have dropped that thing as soon as it started loudly squeaking, because have any of you ever had guinea pigs as pets? No. No. My sister had a guinea pig as a pet. She only got one guinea pig as a pet. It was named Ginger. If that thing wants attention or is unhappy, it makes an incredibly annoying sound, like... I'm not actually going to make the sound because I care for both of you. Luke 2 I don't believe that. obnoxious guinea pig sound in post here. No, I mean, do you want to hear my guinea pig sound impression? No, I absolutely fucking don't want to hear your guinea pig sound. Devin? God fucking Christ, no. Which means you're going to do it. No, I'm going to be respectful of both of you. I can easily kick him in the face, so he will not. <laughs> Never mind, Luke, I want to hear the sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah. Also, Steve Buscemi shows up as a weird hamster who 
apparently one of his ancestors was a fairy. This movie, like Abby was talking about it uh, while we were watching, all the physical comedy jokes are for kids. All the talking jokes in the plot are for adults. But none of it is good and none of it really works together. Nah. No. It's also the beginning of the weird career of Will Arnett interacting with animals. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. He has done so much of that, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oof. Turtles. Both turtle movies. Oof. Is that Show Dogs movie? Christ. Mostly I always think about Show Dogs. Yeah, this was not a good one. No, it was not. It was actively just very bad. Um, yeah, Will Arnett did just definitely go for a bunch of roles. Also, it took Luke and I like 15 minutes to figure out that Cage was voicing the fucking mole. We were both staring at this movie wondering like when the hell Cage was going to show up. And then it's like, oh no, he's doing his Peggy Sue got married voice. He totally is doing his Peggy Sue got married voice. Here's the thing. I loved that voice for this role. It was great. No, it was great. I just didn't recognize it as Cage. That's fair. No, I picked up on that one pretty quick. Mostly when I realized, oh, well, Tracy Morgan's obviously the one that I suspected it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This honky guinea pig do be tripping. I just kept also flashing back to the uh, Tracy Jordan having a meltdown at Normal in the Garfield movie. I never saw the Garfield movie. No, in, in 30 Rock. Oh. When he has to make the choice between doing the Oscar Beatty film Tough to Watch and the Garfield uh, three or four Feline Groovy. That was the title. Because cats have grooves. That's why he likes the title of it. Also, both Nut Job movies and Show Dogs and Doolittle. For yeah. Will Arnett's weird animal animated films. Well, in Nutshell, I think he was the squirrel. He is the squirrel. Yeah. As opposed to him interacting with the animals. Yeah. yeah. Just fucking watch the Rocker Con Air again. Don't watch this film. Yeah, I mean, you can get what you need out of it probably by watching... The trailer, Bill Nye, except for a scene where he has to pretend that a fly is buzzing around him and there is not actually a fly buzzing around him is very forgettable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh, Bill Nye. Yeah. Uh, Sam but He Rock- likes to make weird shit. Yeah, that's too Remember when he just randomly appeared in Detective Pikachu? That was weird. Oh shit, he did. Yeah, Bill Nighy, not pretty, Bill Arnett. Pretty much is the pretty much is the same character if we're gonna be real. Yeah, <laughs> except there he more actually more actively evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's times where it's just like Bill Nighy, why do you do this? I truly, partially think it's because he can. Yeah, because it's like oh, there's a lot of times where like Sarah, you're better than this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a point like after. Um, 
Oh shit, what's it called? After the Christmas movie. Love Actually? Yes, where Bill Nye, he's like, oh, I can just play fucking weirdos? Cool beans. I mean, he was doing a bunch of other weird and forgettable and, like, low-budget stuff between that, before that. I yeah. believe that. Also, to be fair, he was probably one of the best parts of Love Actually. No, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to see him and Nicolas Cage again whenever we watch Astro Boy. <laughs> I saw that movie. It was fine. I haven't. It has to be better. I don't feel like it can be much worse than this one. I I will say I am very disappointed by the IMDb trivia for this page. Or for this film. Because it's like, this was Jerry Buckheimer's first film 3D. The only interesting things are the bakery in the movie was named after Hoyt Yeatman. The director's wife, Giselle, who also named the fly character Mooch, voiced by affable and incredibly prolific voice actor D. Bradley Baker. Uh, the fly was uh, named Mooch after the French word mouche for fly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, D. Bradley Baker, also too good for this film. Mm-hmm. No, he's, I mean, he's in a bunch of stuff. I know. <laughs> what else has director Hoyt Eatman done? Oh, only this movie. Hoyt! God, no, but he, but he did, he was the visual effects artist for Armageddon, Con Air, and The Rock. <sighs> Wild. And, and your special effects weren't even that cool. But he also did the uh, visual effects for The Abyss. Yeah, I didn't see it. Neither have I. Uh, he was also part of Disney's Secret Lab, which closed down in 2001. Neat. Yes, do yourself a favor and skip this movie. It's an hour and a half. Uh, that first half hour felt much longer. Yes. This is kind of randomly wrapped up real quick. Mm-hmm. Cass like, was also weirdly way more stacked than I thought it was that it had any right to be, too. Oh, absolutely. yeah. This is totally just a fucking weird money grab. That Everyone also actively... Who's with the live actors ones? Like, with Nisi Nash running the head shop, I'm like, damn. Grant yeah. is before you got big, but... Yes, absolutely. Also, it's fun I was... seeing actors in shit fil- or in small weird parts before they got big, like when Octavia Spencer was in the first Spider-Man movie. I was totally thrown off. I truly thought that um, Zach Galifianakis was going to play be playing a guinea pig. So, like the first twenty minutes, I was waiting for him to get like transformed into a guinea pig. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I was too. Uh, well, then let's go to our favorite part of the show, actors and movies we have seen. Start with Sammy Rockwell. Love Sammy Rockwell. Oh yeah, Sammy Rockwell is very good. It is insane that in the credits, Cage got billed above Rockwell for this film. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wouldn't. Uh, yes or no. Not from like a who's the bigger star perspective, but in terms of like a fucking screen time kind of thing. Oh, from that part, sure. Because Sam Rockwell has like to me exploded in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell has enough of a filmography that he has a separate filmography page on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. That's because for the longest time, that man just appeared in, like, everything. And even currently, that man just appears in everything. Ooh, there's a couple of these movies. I'm like, wow, I forgot you were in that. Yeah, I've only seen nine Sam Rockwell films. According to my letterbox, I have seen 20 Sam Rockwell films. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he's not really in that movie. I've, as I say, that is listed as one of them. I have no recollection of that film. Yeah. Then, of course, there's the 1999 classic, Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Quest. Well, and then uh, the Weird Hitchhiker's Guide movie. I didn't see that. I saw parts of it. Hitchhikers is stupid. I haven't I'm, seen We're probably going to get a lot of. We're probably going to get a lot of flack now for that one. Yeah. Just the entire universe. Yeah. I completely agree with that statement and will validate it. No, I think our audience probably won't be too judgmental. Oh, uh, cool. Iron Man 2. Yep. Oh, he's in 13 Moons. I didn't remember him in that, but cool. But he was also in Moon, which I haven't seen. Moon is great. Directed by Worcester Alum. And son of David Bowie. And son of David Bowie, Duncan Jones. Yeah, uh, though now Moon... Is it Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? That movie's great. Moon has kind of been spoiled by the Moon meme. There's a Moon meme? Mm-hmm. You, you haven't... I'll, I'll send you some images later. Uh, Cowboys and Aliens. No, it's weird. There's like a, apparently a lot of memes that both my roommate and I are very oblivious to because when we were watching Spider-Man 3, we were going through all the memes. Apparently there's a meme of... Uh, James Franco just like peering at things in, with his little binoculars. I have not seen that meme, but then my roommate has not seen the uh, so good meme. Also of James Franco. Continue, Luke. Uh, I was pulling up moon memes. Moon man memes. Uh, but yeah, Cowboys and Aliens, which is a movie that has completely just left my mind. Yeah. But Seven Psychopaths is still good. I watched mm -hmm. that a few years ago on my flight back from Vietnam. But I also saw that thing in theaters. Uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. What a weird film to watch on my 2017 birthday. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, which I think you would like that more than I did. I liked it. I don't think it was harsh enough on the Nazis. Yeah, those were the ones I had seen. Well, my Sam Rockwell experience has been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Galaxy Quest 13 Moons, where Peter Dinklage and Steve Buscemi play clowns. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, the fascinating story about the host of the gong show, who thinks he's a secret agent. Based on a true story. No, I believe it. Uh, w eventually we will watch it, and it is a good one. Uh, 
Nicolas Cage and Sam Rockwell in Matchstick Men, where they play con men. That sounds delightful. Uh, Choke? What's that one about? Uh, I forget. Uh, the big thing to note is it's, uh, who's the dude who made Fight Club? Not the movie, the book. Oh, uh, Chuck it's one of his other books. Yeah, it's one of his other books. Mm. Oh, I've seen this movie. Oh, and directed by uh, Agent Coulson, Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg. He was in Frost Nixon, I saw him in. Yep, Moon was great. You don't really remember him in Gentleman Broncos. Oh, wait, yes, I do. He was the teacher. That was fine, I think. I did post two Moon memes in our Facebook chat. Oh, nice. Yep, Iron Man 2, Cowboys and Aliens, Seven Psychopaths. Oh, the way, way back. He was really good in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust Me. Yeah, the All Hail the King little one-shot. Oh, yeah, I saw the new Poultry Guys. That sucked. <laughs> uh, three Billboards. I saw Vice, Jojo Rabbit, and then Richard Jewell. He was good. The movie was not... I have five. I have Charlie's Angels. I have seen bits of Charlie's Angels on TV. Fair. And then we go to G-Force, Iron Man 2, Laggies. Is that the Mr. Right I'm thinking of? Yes, that Mr. Right. Um, and then The Way, Way Back. Way, Way Back was so good. It was. You should watch that one, Luke. Directed by Dean Pelton. Mm -hmm. And written by Dean Pelton. Maybe I've seen it, I just... It's got like the huge cast. It's like the kid who I don't really know, but then Steve Carell's in it, Tony Collette's oh, yeah. in it. Yeah, no, I have seen that one. I have seen that one. Mm-hmm. I totally At the water park. Mm-hmm. From my Rudolph. Yeah. yeah. Movies that are better than G-Force. It's a, there is that. an insanely long list of movies that are better than G-Force. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I had totally forgotten about The Way Way Back, but yeah, I've really... I remember enjoying that one. Uh, Tracy Morgan also has a interesting uh, filmography. Because I, I mean, he does Half Baked, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, G Force Cop Out. I don't think I saw the remake of Death at a Funeral. Fox like Trolls. I'd probably seen more Tracy Jordan in TV shows between 30 Rock and The Last OG, or... No, 100%. Fist. I mean, plus SNL. Mm-hmm. Fist Fight, Scoob. I've seen eight Tracy Morgan movies. I saw Jay and Silent Bob, Head of State. A superhero movie. Where he played, uh... Charles Xavier role, uh, Cop Out, uh, The Other Guys. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, I didn't see The Other Guys. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, Night Before, 
Yeah, fist fight. Then yes, of course, Scoob. I think we dipped out of Scoob before we saw Tracy Morgan. We did. Yeah, he was Captain Caveman. Yeah, so, we we were out of it by then. I'm seeing G Force. Oh yeah, the G Force, of course. Yes, and then um, box trolls, and that is it. And then yes, last OG and this fight was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. It had a weird role for Christina Hendricks, but that. Like, she hasn't necessarily had a super good or meaty role since then. Yeah. In terms of films. And then Penelope Cruz played the Latina coded. Ooh, and we'll be seeing her again in Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Yay! That we will. <laughs> well, what a. Nope, I have not seen. I have seen six Penelope Cruz films. Have you seen Vicky Christie Barcelona? Vicky Christie Barcelona? I don't, but my grandma likes it, so I own it because she gave me some of her DVDs. Oh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Box Trolls again. Zoolander 2. Oh, Murder on the Orient Express. Eh, Five movies. More than I was expecting. Well, actually, less than I was well, There's expecting. one I'm disappointed that you didn't see. You didn't see... Pain and Gain? No. That's Pain and Glory. That's a very oh. different film, Luke. <laughs> one of them is an acclaimed film starring Antonio Banderas. <laughs> which which movie? No. The, the mid-2000s, Matthew McConaughey, Steve Zahn, Thriller, Sahara... <laughs> Oh, my dad has watched that, but I've not actually seen it the whole way through. Yeah, Sahara's fun. Then, yeah, Pipes Caribbean on Stranger Tides. I saw To Rome with Love. That movie sucked. Uh, Zoolander 2. Oh, yeah, The Brothers Grimsby. Uh, and then, yeah, Pan and Glory. I have this one. Pirates of the Caribbean, um, and Sex in the City too. Which I feel like I've seen Penelope Cruz in more things, but apparently I have not. Also, it's a beautiful thing on her filmography where it's like all of these roles where she got like nominated for like twenty roles for like twenty awards, and then like. Just stuck in like the middle is just G Force, Juarez, voices only. Yeah. yeah. Make that money. How much money did this movie make? Do we uh, 292 mil on a 150 mil budget. Oof. Oof. So, less Oof. than the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Reshoots. Uh, then we got Johnny Hap- Jonathan Favreau, Johnny Favs, writer, or actor and director of many things. I love Johnny Favs. Such as Batman Forever. So, uh, Elf. Iron Christmas Man. classic. I Love You Man. 
John Carter, Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, Wolf of Wall Street, Jungle Book, Spider-Man Homecoming, Avengers Infinity War, Solo, Star Wars Story, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man and Star from Home. A lot of Johnny Favs. Everyone loves Johnny Favs. Something's Gotta Give, Wimbledon, The Breakup. Iron Man for Christmases, G Force, Iron Man Two, Chef, Avengers, Avengers Endgame, Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man Far From Home. Nice. Yeah, of course, Batman Forever, Daredevil, Elf, Iron Man, I Love You Man. Iron Man 2, John Carter, Open Season, uh, Iron Man 3, Wolf of Wall Street, Chef, which, oh, Anna, have you been watching the Netflix show of that? No. It's actually pretty good. It's the dude, Chef Roy Choi, who taught John Favreau how to cook so that he could do the cool cooking scenes for the movie, and it's just them hanging out and doing things. Was it? Choi also who um, Fresh Off the Boat was based off of? No. Okay, never mind. No, because it's, it's whatever the kid's name is, Eddie Wong. Like, that's okay. that's the kid's actual name. That's the guy's actual name. That's right. I just remembered that it was a chef. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then Homecoming, Avengers, Spider-Man, and Solo. Yep. And then... Uh, we've done Steve Buscemi before when we did Con Air. Dee Bradley Baker is going to be a big one now. Okay. Well, I mean, Dee Bradley Baker is one of the people who gets brought in to do a lot of animal voices, like Perry the Platypus. Dee Bradley Baker's just in everything. He is. But, like, he has gotten some more actual roles in... Uh, like movies and things where he's not just doing uh, voice acting work. Well, I'm sure we will come to D. Bradley Baker again in the future. Like Samurai Jack as various characters. Or, or what's new Scooby-Doo as various characters. But yeah. We will come back to D. Brad's yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, like, I think everyone else who's in this will probably come back some other time in our discussions. So, I don't, know. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Please don't make me go through Zach Galifianakis's filmography. First off, Zach Galifianakis's filmography. <laughs> and I don't think Will Arnett's either. I feel like we've done Arnett before. No? And what? I don't think so. I think I've just looked at Larnett's filmography before then. I mean, we did start discussing him uh, earlier. Will Arnett, great actor, hosting that new Lego show. Very fun. Oh, no, we'll come back to Will Arnett for Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Ah... A much better Nicolas Cage animated film where he has about the same size role.
And we'll also come back and wait, nope, that's another Will Arnett movie. Not a, another uh, Nicolas Cage movie for Z-Gal. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that we've given this movie all the time that it deserves to discuss because it's, it's not a great movie. It's actively bad. It's story and action are opposed to each other and it actively hurt the environment by releasing or by uh, artificially inflating and demand for guinea pigs. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that means best movie we've watched so far. All right, well... Um, Which Nicolas Cage movie has uh, hurt the world more? G-Force or The Rock? The Rock. Definitely The Rock. Yeah. The Rock, the movie that was had informa- had made us stuff used to justify the Iraq War. Yeah. That's Only for England, though. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, uh, we have our... We have three of our next four batches of movies. I just mind blanked on what my recommendation was. Your recommendation was Mom and Dad because you want to watch that on your movie as opposed to watching Jiu-Jitsu. Yep. Which comes out the day before your birthday. Yeah, because I wasn't... Well, and I want to watch a movie that I have seen before, and I think that will be a good You're not excited for jujitsu. We also haven't really touched on any cage horror, and while it's not full-on horror, I think it's a good introduction into Spooky Cage. Oh, I'm not saying it's not. But yeah, uh, we have a... Uh, I'm super jazzed for jujitsu. <laughs> Cage and Tony Jaw? Fuck yeah. I finally saw a trailer for it, and it just looks so fucking wild. Uh, Abby's recommendation is, it could happen to you. Devin, your uh, pick this time is Adaptation. Mm-hmm. Academy then... Award nominee Nicholas Cage role. Mm-hmm. Also, it can happen to you, I'm excited for it, because... According to my letterbox, I have watched it. I cannot tell you a single thing that happens <laughs> in that movie. Great. That's a fantastic setup. Except and not only it. is it marked as lost, or watched, it's marked as logged, which means I had to have watched it in the past seven years since I've got my letterbox account. <laughs> For what movie? It, it could happen, happen to you. Wild. Uh, and then uh, we have a two. We have two suggestions for our uh, listener film. I'll put up a. I'll put up two polls for this, where I'll put up a double poll on Google Sheets, so there will be no more uh, claims of harassment or preventing voters. Uh, between a suggestion from Rebecca, who suggested the movie Knowing, and Jeff. Hello, Jeff, who suggested Drive Angry. So we'll be back in two weeks with the first of those movies. And then two weeks after, I'm doing a birthday takeover and we're going to watch Mom and Dad. Wait, so what are we watching next time? Uh, We're going to do a poll and figure out which one we're watching first. Uh Ah. Fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we will see you all 
in two more weeks, unless you listen to Multiversal Q, and then we'll see you next week for whatever bullshit happens in the Ultimate Universe. Luke Hare Podcasts! Have actual things, have bullshit. Yes. Now, Devin, where can people find your bullshit at? Oh, you can find my bullshit at Fred Fett, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. Abby, where can people find you? You can find my bullshit at Abnominus, that's A-N-N-M-O-M-O-U-S. Shut up! Where can people I don't think you spelled it. Listen, if you want to find all the podcasts that I'm currently doing, you can go on to lukeherr.com slash podcast to find a full listing uh, that has an updated list of also the guest spots that I've been on, including the uh, New Republic uh, Radio, which is a Star Wars actual play that I had a special solo one-on-one campaign on. Uh, there's going to be some other stuff going up soon, and... Uh, yeah, also find me on Twitter at, at Coltrek. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. We'll see you in another two weeks for another Nicolas Cage movie. Hopefully something that hurts less to watch. Ooh, was this movie better or worse than the theme song that you just found out that I did for the podcast? Fuck you. <laughs> Peace. Well, I'm sorry, Sean. Child actor whose name I can't remember You haven't walked in my shoes All my life I try to forget the things I've seen A crackhead breastfeeding a rat A homeless man cooking a hot pocket on a third rail of the G-Train The G-Train, Nermo!